Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Oh, shit. I am Chris Enthusiasm. <laughs> and I'm downtrodden Bean. And today, I'm really not, actually. I was trying to pretend to be upset because we've gone back to the beginning of Kanye uh, by addressing the college dropout. But I'm actually pretty excited for this. I think so, too. On the one hand, we were so excited to be done with college dropout and move on to the rest of kanye's albums yeah should we explain how the show used to be set up (laughs) yeah when we first started the show back in july of 2015 we're just going to go track by track through kanye's discography linearly yeah um and that was going to take i mean either way it's going to take a long time but (sighs) the life of pablo came out and we decided we wanted to start covering all the albums yeah, I mean, how annoying would it be, like, to know that the life of Pablo is sitting there, but we can't talk about it for, like, two and a half years yeah. because. <laughs> like, if we had actually been going in chronological order, I think we would just be getting through a beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Oh, my God, that'd be so painful. Yeah, but um, for the record, though, we have actually already covered all of the college dropout. Um, so we've decided to just go through and do it again. Yeah, I mean, it's it was one thing when we first started to, like, feel accomplished that we made it through the college dropout and, like, we had the show. But then looking back uh, at the time we were doing a lot of the college dropout, we didn't have microphones. <laughs> so the production quality sucked. We were still figuring out what the show even was. We were so, doing Jay-Z news back then. Yeah, we were doing news segments as part of the analysis episodes. And... If you've listened to any of the episodes that we've done, <laughs> you know our shows typically take, I don't know, 90 to 120 minutes. And <laughs> not always, the first it can. It, not always, but to put it into perspective, how long did that first episode take us? I think 30 minutes with all of the extra shit. Yeah, that means if you count like intros, like what the show is, the news, <laughs> the Jay-Z news... Uh, and then the lyrical analysis, that's all 30 minutes. That's insane. Yeah. Um, but now we're just going to talk about the song, and we'll probably talk about it at least five times as long as we spent talking about it in the old episode. Yeah. I don't think we did uh, I don't think we did our best work, and, you know, that's okay to admit. We were early in the game. Yeah. Uh, those were our we college dropout and... years. They were our college dropout years. Yeah. 
now we want to go back and do it right yeah um so. and we'll get our last call we're gonna work our way to that level oh god we're gonna finish the other albums and still be doing just <laughs> college dropout again <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, our last episode will be last call of all the Kanye album tracks. That's actually kind of perfect. <laughs> and we're going to ad lib the whole episode. We're going to have music playing in the background. We're going to move to a beat. <laughs> yeah, like we don't ad lib the rest of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah. episode's an ad lib. Hardcore ad lib. I wonder if it would amaze people that there's like no script that we're going off of there's nothing we're just 90 minutes of us just talking without having any foundation oh sorry about my alarm going off oh shit it's, travis do you it's have my, something else that you want to be doing right now well it's my reminder to do my um ot exercises at night what's an ot <laughs> occupational therapy oh. which is something like old people attend and me yeah, you go to the office, it like, it's just a bunch of people with hip replacements and you. <laughs> One of my exercises is literally turning my neck to the left for 10 seconds, then turning my neck to the right for 10 seconds. You know, sometimes I can go weeks without turning my neck to the left or right for 10 seconds. <laughs> Guys, I'm just going to put it out there. I know I've said it in the show before, but I'm going to say it again. Don't get hit by car. It's not fun. No. It seems like uh, sorry to bring like it for down. my secondhand experience of your firsthand experience. <laughs> it seems like it's not fun, guys. I'm fine. The worst thing that happens to you is you have to go to occupational therapy, which does suck, but it's not as bad as it could be. No, they give you a uh, all you can eat ice cream too, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, all you can eat uh, frozen yogurt. Yes. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and Kanye has a is a stockholder in my hospital, so that's why they instituted this program. He and Kim just love their ice cream and frozen yogurt. Yeah. It's been well documented on this show. It's all we talk about. <laughs> I think we probably talk about it like once every five episodes. Yeah, not enough. Not enough. Well, okay, so we don't care. Back to the college dropout days. Um, oh, God. So yeah. we've always maintained uh in our lyrical analysis of kanye uh even though we talk track by track we have a larger theory that we put forth that kanye has been a narrative artist developing over time and that from college dropout up through the life of pablo you can track how he gets better at telling a story to where college dropout and the life or late registration are both uh, singles albums mm-hmm. until you get to graduation, which is Kanye's first attempt at a uh, concept album. With that said, there's still a lot of interesting things that Kanye's doing on the college dropouts that may not be the whole um, complete intertextuality that you get on something like Yeezus or The Life of Pablo, but there's moments of narrative within the tracks and even moments of narrative within these first three songs that still show kind of the prototype of the artist that Kanye would go on to become. Yeah. It makes me think, I mean, I don't know if anybody knows this movie, but, uh, pre J Tim and like, uh, New York, I love you. Like, uh, like all these different little stories that kind of make up this idea that the city's filled with love, um, to where, yeah, there's not like a 
linear story that you follow, but you kind of feel what the movie's trying to be. I guess Love Actually would be a way better example <laughs> of a movie people know. <laughs> um, just, and I think Kanye, that's really kind of what he's doing on this album. He's not telling you a story that has a beginning, middle, and end, but in a way it kind of does. Like all the stories of Love Actually have their beginning and then all of the little stories have their middle and all the little stories have their end and they all happen at the beginning, middle, and end of the movie. So like, I think that's kind of what's happening here is we see Kanye... Go, and we don't care it's such a perfect way to open the album. It's, it's this idea that you're either misunderstood or you're told to live your life a certain way, but that's not the what you know you feel like your calling is. It's not what you want to do with your life. It's not the change you want to affect. So it's the whole album really is building to Last Call, which is Kanye's anthem. This this way to end the album that shows that yeah, if you work hard enough and believe enough in yourself, like you could be sitting in a room with Jay one day. <laughs> and there's a lot to. I like that you're comparing it to Love Actually because there's this idea of... I'm good because I was scared of doing that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Love Actually is this collection of short films within a film, right? Just like the album can be a collection of short stories within a singular work. Mm-hmm. Um, so our contention is that, you know, on this first album, these are just all individual stories where by the end... <laughs> as my cat just knocks the blinds around <laughs> by the by the time we get to graduation we're starting to see that each individual track is a scene in a singular film in right. a singular story rather than uh an individual short film in and of itself or short story in and of itself yeah and what's funny is i mean we always talk about the new Kanye as being the more evolved Kanye, the artist, you know, the Stanley Kubrick level Kanye, because he does have that story that you can follow, that you can track. And it becomes a little easier to define moments on the album and assign meaning to things. But I don't want to not Kanye at all for not doing that in the college job, because I think in a way he does end up telling a story. It's not a linear story, but it is something like, I just think it's Kanye's amazing ability to really embody and capture the feeling that he's trying to give off. And I think We Don't Care is a great way to kick off, you know, our evaluation of him capturing that feeling. It's because We Don't Care is really an anthem. Like the song was supposed to be called Drug Dealing or whatever, but he changed it to We Don't Care because that's really what the song is. Like, we don't care the way you tell us to live our lives. Like, this is what we're going to do and we're going to seem proudly about it. Yeah, it's a uh, definition <laughs> that Kanye has. That it's a definition that Kanye stated up front, and that he's carried throughout his career. Yeah, um, it actually makes me think a little bit of the line on on site versus like uh, he'll give us which mm-hmm. he'll give us what we need. It may not be what we want, and that's part of the we don't care attitude. It doesn't care what you want. Like Kanye's not giving you the music that you want. Kanye's giving you the music that you need. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get into all the ways he does that. But again, what a more perfect way to show the world, like what you're trying to do, the change you're trying to enact in this song that starts with Bernie Mac, this guy who's impersonating Bernie Mac, asking him to sing a song for the kids. Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Me and the other faculty members was wondering, could you do a little song? Something beautiful. 
something that the kids are going to love when they hit. It's going to make them start jumping up and down and sharing candy and stuff. <laughs> you could probably do something for the kids on graduation. And what does Kanye do? He does the most un-PC thing in the world. He does the opposite of what this adult figure would want for the kids. And he tells them to just believe in themselves and not believe in all the crap people try to sell you on. Oh, yeah. I got the perfect song for the kids to sing. And all my people that's drug dealing just to get by. Stack your money till it gets sky high. We weren't supposed to make it past 25. Jokes on you, we still alive. Throw your hands up in the sky and say, we don't care what people say. And that's a perfect example of what we're talking about when we say narrative. If you look at the intro, We Don't Care and Graduation Day, there's uh, intercontextuality between the three. In the intro, you have this guy, uh, DeRay Davis, imitating a or playing a school administrator who wants or faculty at the school that wants Kanye to perform at graduation. And then... Kanye, at the start of We Don't Care, continues that by saying, I've got the perfect song for the kids to sing. So you already have this beginning of the story, and then the middle portion, and then you get graduation day after the song, where you get the reaction from the guy from the intro. What in the (laughs) fuck was that Kanye? (laughs) I told you to do some shit for the kids. So what Kanye does pisses this guy off. Um so right here in the first three tracks, we see this little short story play out and that the music isn't just a standalone song, but the song is part of this little story that he introed the album with, right. which is awesome. It's, yeah. it's not something we see him continue from like all falls down into spaceship. Jesus right. walks. Never it's like this guy behind. stays with the story. Yeah. Um, like Jesus walks really has seemingly no <laughs> narrative connection to anything else. No. Um, not in the way that like guilt trip has a narrative thread between uh, like back all the way to black skinhead mm-hmm. on Jesus. Yeah. But it's interesting I, that he has moments like this, this early on. Yeah. And a moment that really, again, puts a face on, this other presence this person who's telling you how to live your life like he literally gives us a character it it's still seems kind of elementary to compared to what kanye does now and how his features like become these voices inside kanye's head on jesus and the life of pop like it's amazing what he does there but it still is like amazing that he gives us a personality to attach this other force to it's and he even like makes it this guy sound like Bernie Mac. Like you could picture Bernie Mac saying it, and Bernie Mac like playing this character. It's kind of amazing. It is amazing. Uh, it's just it's cool to see Kanye this early on dropping narrative techniques like this, uh, and then to develop what he develops. But we see uh, we see actions like this in a movie all the time, where it's like the one scene at the beginning of the movie doesn't really connect with the main plot. But it just kind of sets up the characters and sets up what the plot will be. One of my favorite examples of this is uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. The best Fast and Furious movie. Just I actually it's terrible. I actually love love Tokyo Drift. 
in terms of the Fast and Furious franchise. (laughs) I like it for what it is, but I don't think it's a good movie. And I think it's probably actually at the bottom of all the Fast and Furious movies. You know, some people have taste and some people don't. (laughs) I know. And there's some people that like Tokyo Drift and some people that are smart and will do good in this world. (laughs) You son of a bitch. The Uh, Kanye's of the world. So, whatchamacallit, uh, Fast and Furious starts with a a scene at a high school. And we have the main character getting bullied by the actor who was the oldest brother in Home Improvement. (laughs) I think it was Zach. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but so Zach's being a dick, and they decide to race through, I think, what's like this abandoned city. Yeah. No, uh, it's, um, I'm pretty sure it's, um, a you know, on like being built. Yes. Like, you know, on the edge of towns where they like build a bunch of houses that look the same. Yes. So, like, an up and coming suburban neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and they both end up crashing their cars and. Uh, it doesn't go well, but this is the way this introduces us to the character and just sets the tone for the movie. And then the character's off in Tokyo for the rest of the movie. So nothing in that opening scene really connects to any of the plot that happens later, aside from getting the kid from Arizona to Tokyo um, and then just characterizing him a bit. So that's exactly yeah. what these three tracks do here. Uh, they don't really connect to the rest of the album but they introduce us to the perspective that Kanye has and the ambition that Kanye has and kind of show that he's being uh, set free from the designed path of somebody that goes to school, goes and gets a job and does the standard thing. Instead, as we hear from John Legend's part, he's going to go do his own thing. And uh, he's not like everybody else. Right. And it's also like a great peek into why people connected with Kanye back then and why he uh, turns a lot of people off now, because he really is like kind of one with the people he's singing about in these first three tracks, probably really throughout the whole album. But it's a far cry from something he's doing and say, Jesus or the life of Pablo where Jesus, you know, he's King Kong. He he starts parties. He fucks any girl he wants. In the life of Pablo, he you know is a girl with a bleached asshole. Like he's just singing about these crazy things that celebrities do, and like we don't care. And he's like um, he's connecting with people who do the hustle, and you know work their nine to five job and then go sell drugs. He's connecting. He's like telling a story about him working at the Gap. He's really. It's I think it's just amazing how he's able to do kind of everything we're talking about like this. This whole idea of you can, if you believe in yourself, like you'll make it to where I've made it. Like he's inviting everyone to come be on the level he's at. He's connecting it from that way. Which gets back to what you were saying about Love Actually. Love Actually's uh, individual stories within the movie are all united because they're dealing with different aspects of relationships. Hmm. So, like little kids in a relationship, uh, people who are getting a divorce. <laughs> Uh, somebody that has a crush on their best friend's like fiance, uh, two strangers that are meeting for the first time, just these different permutations of relationships. Yeah. Um, where Parisia Tem looks at love and different permutations of love. Um, the college dropout doesn't quite have that same uniting element all throughout, not in the way that 808s and Heartbreaks does. Right. But we see that ambition tends to be a motif that comes up again and again. 
we see that ambition talked about on We Don't Care. Uh, it's talked about on Spaceship, uh, Never Let Me Down, the new workout plan. Uh, even Slow Jams has some ambition to it. Sure. Um, and uh, ultimately, Through the Wire and Last Call are yeah. some of the most ambitious songs that Kanye's ever made. Actually, I think comparing it to 808s, that that's a good way of framing this because they're both similar in a way that they don't have a straight-up linear storyline that you can follow. But the way 808s treats the central character, and it feels like the same character throughout the album, it's you do get a full picture of a broken individual by the end to where I think We Don't Care really is Kanye's, like not mixtape but like a compilation of him showing why he's amazing and why he's awesome and why he's going to dominate and what all the hard work can lead up to like these are all the different songs i made because of how creative i am and how uh how i push myself to like make these new sounds and uh how i made the chiptune um how i took it to like this new place that we haven't heard in forever it's just kind of you're right it really does the body and the album ends up embodying just ambition really does well if you're if you're a dropout you gotta have plans <laughs> exactly you don't just drop out for nothing well i guess sometimes you can't just drop out for nothing and then yeah you just don't feel like going anymore yeah you're like you know what nah i'm good i kept trying to drop out oh yeah we talked about that in this show uh, I think at some point it's come up. How much you connect with college dropout? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if I've been listening to this album as I do like now back then, <laughs> if I would have dropped out, if I would have been like, fuck it, I'll get on Kanye's level. I'll fucking get on Kanye's level. Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> Instead of like telling people like, I think I'm dropping out and then being like, Chris, don't. <laughs> I'm like, but, but I kind of want to. And they're like, Chris, No. I'm like, okay. They guilted you into it. They did. But I use that degree to keep me warm at night. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about those skits. (laughs) Yeah, the first time we did College Dropout, we didn't talk about the skits at all. That's how stupid we were. Yeah, but they're kind of stupid, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so should we get into it? Let's do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, with the intro, we get DeRay Davis doing his Bernie Mac impression where he just says, Kanye, can I talk with you to you for a minute? And launches into wanting him to do something for the kids. Something beautiful, something that they're going to love when they hear it, <laughs> something going to make them start jumping up and down, sharing candy and stuff. It's too good. Um, and then we end with a question that helps Kanye bridge into the actual song, which is, think you could probably do something for the kids for graduation to sing by ending with that question and then having Kanye open with oh yeah I've got the perfect song for the kids to sing we get that little bit of continuity 
that indicates like clearly, yes, this song is playing off of this question. Yeah. Um, what there's a recent what what was it uh, the Jay Z documentary Fade the Black, right? Yeah. Um, there's this whole speech Kanye gives to Jay about how albums are stories, which is funny because he said that before he made we don't care and we don't care is not really like a story but you can see that he really does um believe that like he's very conscious of that just making sure his intro leads into this leads into graduation day it's it's awesome yeah he says uh specifically that each track on an album is like a scene for a movie and that the music is like the score um, so he makes the comparison between albums and movies and having that idea that scenes are like albums. So him, as you're saying, starting with this introduction that way is just perfect for how you'd start a movie and he opens an album in the same way. Yeah. Love it. Kids going places. He's going far. He may even become famous one day. <laughs> and he'll make other people famous. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. We do not speak of that woman. Never mind. Uh, so for the intro, we get, oh, yeah, I've got the perfect song for the kids to sing. And then he starts with the, and all my people, that's, boom, hook hits. I'm just singing it in my head. And Should we sing it together? It. <laughs> do you want to? Yeah. All right. Three, two, Drug dealing, just dealing. To get by. <laughs> just wow! Goodbye. Don't ever put us on a musical project. Oh God! Stack your money to look at sky. <laughs> I assume high. you're distracted by the Cleveland Indians game. Yeah, we suck. I hate baseball. <laughs> Fuck. Being Are they a still losing? Sports fan is all. Yeah, seven to three. Runners on second and third. Shit. One out. Well, if you haven't listened, or if you haven't watched or list or looked at the score of the Cleveland Indians game. Just tune into this podcast because Chris is going to update you as the game goes. Yeah, that will be timely. <laughs> Giving timely up to the minute updates. <laughs> uh, you can see my sadness in real time or capture it for all of eternity. <laughs> Fuck. All right. So there's something cool with uh, setting up drug dealing just to get by. It's not that they're this contextualizes drug dealing. I feel like so much of the conversation of drug dealing isn't contextualized. It's just drugs are bad. Drug dealing is bad. Like if you're dealing drugs, like you're probably like a bad person. Um, But here he's taking that notion and giving it more insight to, it's not like this is what people want to do. It's Mm -hmm. drug dealing just to get by. But while there's that level of desperation that's there in the idea of like just to get by he flips out on its head with stacking money to like get sky high so even though this is something that somebody does initially out of a sense of desperation the result of which is actually a lot of money that yeah. you can stack and stack and again I, I, more sort of narrative and storytelling techniques the use of imagery here is awesome it's Again, this idea of showing and not telling and Kanye is saying like, hey, you know, people will tell you how to live your lives, but like just show them that you're awesome by stacking your money. He gives you this image of this pile of money that just embodies why you're awesome and why you beat the system. 
Yeah, with that next line, we wasn't supposed to make it past 25. Like, right. You're supposed to get shot. You're supposed to die. You're supposed to not have enough to get by and starve or waste away. But because you were drug dealing <laughs> just to get by, uh, which drug dealing starts to represent as the song goes on, just the hustle and ambition that people have. Yeah. Um, you make it. You survive. Joke's on you. We still alive. Yeah, I think that's probably... Sorry, keep going. (laughs) I was just going to say there's something to the idea of saying jokes on you that shows that there was an expectation that people would have, like these outsiders would have, and that by winning, you're getting over them. So there's this us versus them dichotomy that's being set up. Yeah, I, I love... I love everything he's saying here, and I even love... I really like that he says, uh, jokes on you, because it introduces, like, a strange element to it. It's these people who are saying, hey, you can't deal drugs, you can't live this kind of life, or you won't make it past 25. But Connie says that jokes on you, we're still alive. So it's almost like he's saying they really not just expect you to not make it past 25, but they really don't want you to like, they want to show, they want you to be a statistic. They want to be able to show that like, Hey, if you live your life way, like this is going to be you and Kanye's flipping on its head and saying, well, I'm past 25. I didn't live life the way you told me to. And look at me, I have a stack of money that goes sky high. It's again, this beautiful way of kind of showing that you don't need to, you know, be living your life the way everyone tells you. It's, it's just such a fantastic imagery for it all that he really just has such a strong uh, taste for it from the get-go. It's awesome. Yeah, that key that the image of stacking your money till it gets sky high becomes a key image of the hook that symbolizes all of the stuff that he's talking about: uh, health, wealth, success, how far you've come. Uh, money means so much in our society that having that indicates a lot about your security and what options are available to you. And it's like, once you have that stack of money, you are able to throw your hands up in the sky and say, we don't care what people say. Yeah. And I think it's great too, because he'll go on to, I mean, it's the songs kind of contained in this, this idea because I guess on Diamonds of Sierra Leone, he starts to get into what it means when people start defining themselves by their possessions and their money. Like, there are a lot of problems it leads to. But this song isn't really concerned with that. Like, it's not that Connie hasn't reached that point yet. This song is just, again, it's not celebrating or glorifying living, like, a hustler lifestyle. It's just showing that if, you know, you have the ambition, like, you can lead any kind of life you want and be happy. Yeah. That's perfect. That's you perfect. can even host a Kanye podcast and not being considered a loser by the world. <laughs> uh, hopefully, that's they don't <laughs> consider you a loser. <laughs> but you know, there's really no, there's really no guarantee there. <laughs> yeah, well, we can't win over everybody. Uh, and there's something with the call to action that comes in with "throw your hands up in the sky" and say that it's something that anybody listening can now take this action to feel part of what's going on. So instead of just being able to like hear the song and be like, I relate to this by saying like, throw your hands up to the sky and say, we don't care what people say. That's something that like 14 years after this album's come out, people can still put their hands up and say, we don't care what people say. Um, 
And that call to action, I think, is really interesting in a song that's kind of an anthem for a group of people. That's um, a timeless anthem. Like, mm. this song's still relevant to people today. Yeah. I think, too, also why Kanye was beloved by so many people back then, because it was just, I mean, the idea he's preaching transcends race, gender. It, it's it's supposed to connect with anybody who has ambition. Yes. Yes, it is. Are we some of those people? Are we throwing our hands up in the sky? I am never going to stop doing this podcast. I'm so motivated by this song. <laughs> also, with that hook, it's, you know, you don't often, you can start the song with a hook. You don't often have to. But to start the song and to start the album then with that hook is really uh, community building, I think. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, as we talked about comparing it to uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or Yeezus 808s yeah. and Heartbreak. All Starting with On Sight. <laughs> yeah, are way more like me, me, me uh, central focused rather than like the community driven. So I do understand. You know, and then what late registration starts with uh, we the don't song care. that I always forget. Or heard him say. Heard him say, which. Also ends up being not necessarily the same kind of group anthem, but something poetic and romantic that people can attach to a little bit more. Like that idea of nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. Yeah. So I get it. Totally. Early Kanye was uh, that kind of inspiring. I mean, if he was starting a cult, I would be there. I'd be there <laughs> I hard. think we are there. Oh yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, so then we get into the first verse, already framed with this idea of like drug dealing just to get by, and like beating the odds and beating the system, and being part of a system that you're not supposed to survive. And Kanye kicks it off with, "If this is your first time hearing this, you're about to experience something so cold, man," which <laughs> works on two levels. Um, it works on just the level of Kanye as a musician. And if this is the first time you're hearing this album, you're about to experience like something that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but it could also be talking about the content in the song that follows, which is very illuminating of like the street life as Kanye sees it. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, you're about to experience something that like is going to impact you because it's going to change your perspective yeah it's good stuff yep especially i think since a lot of this song gets at like privileged and not privileged (laughs) so this is definitely something that like a lot of the radio world that will be hearing this song may not have the understanding needed to get why people do what they do in this life yeah totally Kanye's singing to them. <laughs> I like to think he's singing to me. I always thought he was singing to me personally. I guess you can be there too if you want, though. Yeah, I'm going to be. Don't even try and stop me. I imagine we're holding hands. I just don't know if we're doing <laughs> fingers laced or hands cupped. Uh, I think we alternate. You know, every few minutes, we just change it up. <laughs> just Okay, cool. I like that. It's weirdly, yeah, it's like, nice. more sexual now. 
<laughs> you know, if you just stay in the same position, Travis. Um, <laughs> so we never had nothing handed, took nothing for granted. If this is your first time hearing this, you are about to experience something so cold. We never had nothing handed, took nothing for granted, took nothing from no man. Man, I'm my own man. But as a shorty, I looked up to the dope man. Only a dope man. I knew that wasn't broke, man. Flicking start a coach, man. Man, you don't know, man. We don't care what people say. This is for my niggas outside all winter. Cause this summer they ain't finna stay next summer. I'm finna sitting in the hood like you Community colleges, this dope money here's little trace scholarship. Cause ain't no tuition for having no ambition, and ain't no loans for sitting your ass at home. So we forced to sell crack rap and get a job. You gotta do something, man. Your ass is grown. So as those first two lines kind of set a context for the listener, he now goes into explaining the world of the hood. Uh, which is the thing that you're about to experience is so cold. We never had nothing handed, took nothing for granted. This isn't a, a privileged, privileged life, an advantaged life. Uh, it's somebody that's being, like, has to grind. People that have to grind. Mm-hmm. Um, they took nothing from no man, man. I'm my own man. Uh, but as a shorty, I looked up to the dope man, which he then gives reasons for only adult man i knew that wasn't broke man (laughs) so i i love that dynamic because it sets up in the first part like we never had nothing handed took nothing from no man that there's a pride factor this isn't something that we're just like being lazy and indulgent uh it's showing that there weren't any advantages here there was nothing to be handed and even if there were like not taking it yeah um and then the ridiculousness of saying, I looked up to the dope man, I think a lot of people would be like, what? Why would you look up to a dope man? <laughs> and then he takes that initial shock and surprise and flips it to like, oh, with only adult man I knew that wasn't broke. Like, could you imagine being in a position where like everybody around you had no money yeah. and the only people that had money were the ones selling drugs? Yeah, again, the world building here is pretty amazing because you have all that, right? Like later on in the song, he says, the fathers abandon us. It's creating this world where they have, he has nobody to look up to in like his inner circle, like the people around him in his neighborhood. But at the same time, all the teachers are telling him to um, study subjects they don't care about, like these things that don't inspire them. He's talking about the DCFS. Like it's really amazing how he he's able to paint this entire world of people that aren't looking out for what drives Kanye and people like Kanye and except there's this dope man and you see this guy who has ambition, who is succeeding despite doing what he's told not to do. And that's the guy that inspires you. And he gives the imagery of flicking starter coats, man. Like yeah. the dope man was wearing the starter coats and back in the day, like having the starter coat with like, I mean, in Chicago, like a Bulls logo, yeah, like the Bulls starter coats or the Bears starter coat, like those things were fucking awesome. I remember being a kid and thinking those were the best coats of all time. Yeah. Um, so if you're Kanye, who's so into fashion, uh, <laughs> and you're seeing like these guys having the starter coats and they're looking awesome, you're just like, damn, like that's the person you want to be. Yeah. And again, the imagery here, like. Just the idea of that wealth and kind of showing 
having everything around you and even the clothes you're wearing kind of embody that you've made it past 25 and that you've transcended like the system and everything it's awesome yeah kanye's uh he's on it he's got it he has all of us in the palm of his hand <laughs> he sure does <laughs> um well then where do we go from there Oh, he comes back to us, the listener. Man, you don't know, man. It's almost like he can hear people still being doubtful of this. Like, you're saying that, but really? Yeah, I love He's it. like, you just, you don't know. Like, <laughs> um, And then further contextualizes it with, like, we don't care what people say. So even if, like, you're hearing this and you don't believe it or you're still, like, iffy, like, nah, we don't, we don't care what you say anyway. So yeah. I'm going to explain it to you. But, like, you need to understand that I'm doing you a favor here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It, it makes it very, I think early in Kanye's career, he was very conversational. And a lot of his lines do feel like that to where it, like, he's addressing the world as he talks. And um, it, him, it, it almost does sound like a conversation, like, happening in the song. It, it feels so natural that... I'm still just kind of blown away that he pulls it off so fluidly. <laughs> is that a, is that the right word you can use? <laughs> fluidly? Yeah. I think you can use fluid. <laughs> okay. I mean, we don't care what people say. <laughs> exactly. Like, Those I've guys been making up words Kanye since podcast. day one of this show. <laughs> they use fluid in ways that don't make sense. And it's like, yo, but the word fluid is kind of fluid, you know? Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. It's a loosey-goosey definition. <laughs> <laughs> so after Kanye's uh, taken this bit of time to explain to listeners that may not know what the situation was, um, detailing his own personal experiences, he then stops talking to us, the listener, and starts saying, this is for my people outside all winter. Because this summer they ain't finna say, next summer I'm finna. In this case, uh, the people that are outside all winter are the dealers. Like the kids that are on the street, <laughs> even in the cold. The guys that are on the street, even in the cold. Uh, selling. Because that's what they have to do. Mm. Um, they're not just waiting till the summer. Um, they're sitting in the hood like community colleges. Um, and the dope money they're getting is little Trey's scholarship. So he's singing this song for the people that are ambitious enough to be outside still hustling, even in these adverse conditions, and then comparing those adverse conditions to the the way that they learn and get an education. Right. Mm. You're getting some nice use of extended figurative language and metaphor when you get to sitting in the hood like community college this dope money here is a little trace scholarship because ain't no tuition for having no ambition and ain't no loans for sitting your ass at home perfect yeah and again just another great use of imagery painting this idea of Kanye's really showing that these people who live these lives who are seen as unseemly like you know you're not supposed to be hustling He's presenting it as like, well, they're moving, they're agile, they're like, they're out 
actually making a difference and not just sitting on a couch, like living the life they're supposed to be living. Yeah, you don't get you don't get money for having no ambition. Yeah. And there are no loans for sitting your ass at home. So you have to act. Yes. Um, and this is why he's singing this song for people that you wouldn't expect a song to be sung about. It's because at least they're doing something despite the situation they're in. Yeah. Like they're trying to make the best of it. Exactly. And with that comparison to community colleges and Trey's scholarship, you're getting the notion it, it in a way dilutes the negativity from it or at least normalizes it in a way because it's no longer like they're selling drugs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but given the situation that they're in, this is the equivalent to community college. <laughs> like it's not ideal, but like this is what you do. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Like, there's like a couple of ways to approach this kind of storytelling, which I think one way is probably what Jay does, where Jay will tell you like first person accounts of hustling and being on the streets and um, kind of capturing that lifestyle. Whereas Kanye is really commentating on it directly, which I don't know is better or worse than Jay. But again, I think it just shows the ambition Kanye has. Like he really does embody the idea that you can address these issues head on. Like, look at me, I'm doing it in the song and showing all these people that are beating the system. And I don't know, there's, there is something really inspiring and anthemic about all that. Yeah. Cause uh, talking about Jay, if you are doing the singular, like I did this, I did this, I'm a success now. Look yeah. at me, look at me. Um, that can be inspiring, but it's not quite the same anthem because it's all about Jay-Z's right. own personal experiences where with Kanye commenting on it and talking about these other people and presenting something, there's something more broad and societal about it that mm-hmm. you can feel connected to the whole rather than just connected to the individual. For sure. And I think that really whatever like storytelling you lean towards kind of a like probably captures what kind of storytelling or like hip hop I guess you would enjoy because I think for the most part if you're a J fan you're probably and I'm speculating here and being anecdotal but I think for the most part you respect his wordplay and the metaphors he's going for and the connections he's making um, towards of Kanye I I think it's he's more asking you to feel connected to exactly what he's talking about and to feel like you're part of what he's discussing and part of being the solution to the problem and everything. Yes. It's an invitation rather than just uh, an admiration of craft. Exactly, yeah. Which, I again, I think is, is fine. And I do admire Jay's craft. But, I, again, I, it's just that's the reason I have a Kanye podcast and not a Jay podcast because – I like feeling inspired by Kanye. Like being inspired by him is why, like, I'm able to spend God knows how many hours talking about him like this. So many fucking hours. It's gonna be years of our life, Travis. <laughs> years. Um. So at the end, ain't no loans for sitting your ass at home. So we forced to sell crack, rap, and get a job. It's not easy. You got to do these three things, sell crack, rap, and get a job. You got to do something, man. Your ass is grown. Like, geez. Um, That really gets at kind of the idea that there is no innocence anymore, right? 
Like mm-hmm. you reach a point where it's just do or die. And you have to do a lot. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, this leads back into the hook then, drug dealing just to get by. So now we have a much better understanding of what he's talking about when he says that. Um, and in a sense, we may actually feel more of a an affinity for the drug dealers at this point when it comes back to the hook. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a little understand why he's in, yeah, understand why he's encouraging the kids to sing. Because it's almost like we're talking about a song for kids that are graduating. And if a lot of these kids are graduating, but they're in a situation where they're not going to college, like they're not, there's nothing on the other side of school for them, but you got to do something, man, your ass is grown. Then Kanye's selling them on this like lifestyle mm-hmm. and at least encouraging them to have ambition is nice. Yeah. So in a way he's embodying the drug dealer. Yeah. I'll look at Kanye go. <laughs> the drug of life. The drug of life. Well, I do think uh, as specific as he is being with the drug dealing, I do think a lot of it does, the subtext of it is ambition. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, for sure. And it's almost just like telling kids to have ambition. And that's what we're singing about. Like not being a waste, not falling prey to the system, but like having the ambition to not just survive, but thrive. Yeah. It makes me think of... um... I can't remember what Kendrick song it is, but he plays a clip from Fox News where um, the com the you know the political analyst is saying like is playing the clip where Ka- Kendrick says um, the popo want to shoot me in dead in the street for show, and the woman's just like oh I don't like that and it's kind of taken completely out of context. To where I think you could look at this song this way that Kanye is trivializing drug dealing or like making it sound okay but that's really not the intention of it at all like that is not the subtext of anything he's saying and you're right drug dealing is a way of just saying like dealing ambition like this is really what they're selling you and it's like if you're in a situation where all you can do is drug deal then drug deal um where if like you're in a situation where you have more options than drug dealing then take one of those options and do it. Yeah. It scales, right? It depends on what's available to you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, and that uh, Kendrick was on uh, the opening song to Damn, Blood. Uh, okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, so then we get into the second verse. Mama say 
she wanna move south. Scratching lottery tickets, eyes on a new house. Around the same time, Joe ran up in Dew House. Couldn't get a job, so since he couldn't get work, he figured he'd take work. The drug game, bulimic, it's hard to get weight. So niggas money is homo, it's hard to get straight. But we gon' keep baking till the day we get cake. And we don't care what people And the second verse starts with a little homage to Lauren Hill. Um, where she starts the second verse of doo-wop, that thing, with uh, the second verse is dedicated to the men more concerned with his rims and his tims than his women, and goes on to be a, uh, what's the word, scoriating? Uh, no at idea. At least scathing. We'll go with scathing, since I don't oh, okay. <laughs> know the word scoriating by heart anymore. Uh, a scathing indictment of a certain type of man. Um that's just very pathetic and takes advantage of having multiple kids and doesn't pay child support. And she goes in on them where what we see with Kanye in later albums, even uh, late registration that a lot of the time when he has an homage or uh, samples, another song, there tends to be a, a connection between the content of that song and what Kanye's talking about. So on Yeezus on Send It Up, when he references Blocka by Pusha T, uh, it's getting into the attitude that Pusha has on that track because Kanye's talking about getting over uh, this girl that had had him emotionally uh, messed up for a little while. So he's trying to get back into the Blocka mindset that Pusha has where he's like king of the block and nothing can rattle him. He He dominates... Like, he's the one in charge. So Kanye's using it to build himself back up, where there's nothing, at least that we can tell in the second verse, that <laughs> is nothing. as condemning of men or playing with that notion, either to oppose it or, like, use it in the context of anything. It yeah. just seems early Kanye being clever and making an homage. Yeah, a recontextualization example would be, like, Blood in the Leaves, where strange fruit is meant to be i mean the original song is talking about lynchings and then blood in the leaves is talking about the way men and when treat treat each other he he just kind of um he gives it this new meaning to where again on this it, it doesn't really seem like that's happening at all no no just like a a nice little moment of like oh i caught that he's referencing lauren hill yeah and you can be like that guy's cool he that's, references Lauren Hill. That's Kanye in a nutshell at this point in his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doing cool things. He was excited. Um, so the second verse is for my dogs working nine to five that still hustle. Um, though I guess if Lauren Hill's talking about men that like don't pay money to their child support, mm-hmm. and here he's saying like this is for the guys that still hustle, you could say in a way to where like he's giving positive reinforcements rather than could be. like Lauren Hill focusing on the negative. But I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily buy into that, but I think mm-hmm. if you wanted to make that argument, you could. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my dogs working nine to five, that still hustle. Cause you can't shine off six fifty five, uh, which is true. <laughs> like if you're getting six fifty five an hour, which was the minimum wage, back uh in 2003 2004 that's what they paid me at subway <laughs> probably what kind of got um, paid at gap yeah like you're not able to buy like all the shit that you want to buy 
Like I was working 20 hours a week making 650 an hour. Mm-mm. No, I'm pretty sure I was making like 585. But the stories you tell from your subway days make it sound like it was all worth it. I mean, I ate a lot of free subway. <laughs> I mean, that's and the best deal of all time. That's your salary. I I gave a lot of cookies to people. <laughs> so, I think I won in the end. Yeah, but I, think I definitely so. wasn't shining. Like I I had some shitty clothes. You probably ended up costing Subway money. Yeah, but I like to think I was building up their brand. Do you think we can get Subway as a sponsor of this show? Yeah, I think so. Especially now. Like, tell us more. <laughs> tell us more about what you did, and then they'll sue me. Yeah. Damages, motherfucker. Pay us. Um, so you're hustling so you can shine, which... <laughs> Like, at the time, this seems just like an offhanded remark, but we know how much at this point... Oh, Felix is in the blinds. We know how much (laughs) um, fashion and appearance mean to Kanye. So the idea of being able to shine off 655 is uh, actually something that was really important to him. Yeah. Uh, And everybody's selling makeup, Jacobs, and bootleg tapes just to get their cake up. Um, so this is for all of them, all the people that have the ambition to do what they have to do to get by and make some money and, uh, survive in this world. Um, we put shit on layaway, then come back. We claim other people's kids and our income tax. Like these are secrets of the trade. (laughs) These are the things that people have to do in this situation. And they do them because it's, you take every edge you can get. Yeah. And again, it's more action being taken. It's not somebody who's just sitting around um, raking in money. Like you actually have to do some work to like put kids on your income. Like it's these people that are just finding these little ways to get by. And, you know, there may be people that think like, how dare they? Like <laughs> they should just they should just work and afford it and do whatever. Like you, you live a good life, a decent life. And it's like, that's not it's <laughs> not reality. Yeah, and again, it's Kanye finds this really unique way of he's not condemning this because he's explaining the song of why people get to this point, but he's not saying this is the way you should live your life or anything. He's just, you know, showing what it's like to be in this position. It's it's just such a way of creating empathy for people in that position. Yeah, and if you're somebody that was in that world and you're seeing these people do this you would admire the fact that like they're doing what they have to do to get what they want yeah and like okay i can respect that i mean and as far as i know kanye he didn't like deal drugs he didn't really live this kind of lifestyle so yet he's inspired by people like this to do what he did with his career which is making five beats a day for three suburbs and eventually getting in that room with jay yeah, that's where I think the interesting dynamic is. He's not necessarily saying this is what I did the way Jay right. could claim, like, this is what I did. I came from this, like, but that Kanye observed this, admired it, and in a way, like, these are the people that inspired him to have the ambition that he has. For sure. Hmm. Uh, we take that money, cop work, then push packs to get paid. 
uh, again, multiple multiple ways <laughs> of getting money. Uh, and we don't care what people say. Let them say whatever. Like, you're doing what you have to do. Uh, mama say she want to move south, scratching lottery tickets, eyes on a new house. Around the same time, Doe ran up in dude house, couldn't get a job. So since he couldn't get work, he figured it'd take work. Uh, once again, Kanye's structuring it as going from the broad to specifically people he knows. Yeah. In this case, where in the first verse, he went from the broad to his own memories and then back to the broad. Now he's going to his observations of his mom and the observation of his friend who went by the name Really Doe. That we so all that's know. That's he's referring to by, yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, that general reference that everybody will pick <laughs> up on. Uh, much like us dropping the ice cream <laughs> joke. Or talking about Clay Yeah, the clone of Jay-Z, Clay Everybody knows that reference. Everybody. Uh, or Jay-Z loving Choco Tacos. Well, okay, that's on his Wikipedia page, though. We all know about that. I wonder what would happen if we kept making accounts trying to add that to Jay-Z's Wikipedia page. Yeah, why not? Wikipedia just bans our IP address. That's how um, we know we've become popular, if we can get enough people to start putting in Jay-Z trivia on his page. Oh, that'd be amazing. If you really love us. I'm not encouraging it. But if you feel like that's the only way you could show us your love, then I can't say no. <laughs> right. You can review us on iTunes. You can support us on Patreon. Or you can add. <laughs> or you can tweet us news. a change you made to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Jay-Z's Wikipedia page. Oh, God. Um, so just this idea that mom says she want to move south. She's scratching lottery tickets. It's, it's just uh, adds a little local flavor, I think, and a little bit of like personal connection that are examples that are specific after talking about something that was generic, which add a little bit more authority to what he's saying. Like, I was part of this. I observed this. I know people that did this. It makes him part of the world. Mm-hmm. The drug game bulimic, it's hard to get weight. So then we get into the final, like, Kanye being clever with his <laughs> with his wordplay. Uh, drug game bulimic, it's hard to get weight. Um, I don't think at this point that it's actually serving the story, but it's just serving, like, kind of what Kanye can do as a lyricist or kind of adds the style and the humor to what he's doing. So it's a... It's a good part of the song, but I don't know if it's a, a necessary part of the story at this point. No. Um, you know, someone's money is homo. It's hard to get straight. Uh, but we keep bacon till the day we get cake, which I think that's something most of us can relate to. Like, Absolutely. You're going to keep maybe not like the drug game being bulimic or money being homo, but it's. <laughs> Like, we get to keep bacon till the day we get cake. Yeah, that's, I understand. Yeah, if cake is at the other end of me working hard and succeeding, then you're going to get 110% out of me. Yeah, though, what kind of cake are we talking? Are we talking ice cream cake? Are we talking chocolate cake? Are we talking marble cake? Are we talking red velvet Whoa. cake? We're talking about Kanye, so you know it's frozen yogurt cake. Oh, that actually, well, I guess it would be far off from ice cream. I just pictured at first a yogurt cake, not a frozen yogurt cake. 
<laughs> just the yogurt in the shape of a cake? Kind of. Like you're putting <laughs> layers of yogurt between like the the cake. Oh yeah, yeah. That would but I'll good. settle like, for ice cream cake if it's all we have. Instead of frosting, you have yogurt covering the cake. Mmm, yummy. It's kind of making me gag. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we just get the, and we don't care what people say to end the verse. Um, and then getting into verse three. You know the kids gon' act the fool when you stop the programs for after school. And they DCFS, some of them dyslexic. They favorite 50 cents on 12 questions. We scream, rock blows, we par. See, now we smart. We ain't retards the way teachers start. Hold up, hold fast. We make more cash. Now tell my mama I belong in that slow class. Sad enough, we on welfare. You tryna put me on a school bus with the space for the wheelchair. I'm tryna get the car with the chromey wheels here you trying to cut our lights out like we don't live here look at what's handed us fathers abandoned us when we get them hammers gonna call the ambulance sometimes i feel no one in this world understands us but we don't care what people say my niggas you know the kids gonna act a fool when you stop the programs for after school and they dcfs um the implication being that at this point if you get rid of after-school programs, then there's a p- potential that kids are going to uh, get into trouble and end up at the Department of Children and Family Services. Um, which is it a is it good? It's not great. No, that can be problematic. I am maybe there's sometimes where getting put in DCF- DCFS results in a child like going into a better situation but there's so many horror stories from it that uh especially if you're getting torn from your family so that's low-key like a really dramatic and sad <laughs> line uh despite yeah. being presented in just like a very straightforward like they dcfs but he's going to crawl out from that hole and be victorious very soon oh yes so much victory awaits so much uh some of them dyslexic they favorite 50 cent song 12 questions um which is funny like that's a line that you just hear and you're like okay instead of 21 questions 12 questions dyslexic ah i get it um but it sets up the idea that you know there are a lot of kids in school that because of dyslexia are thought to be dumber than what they are they don't get the grades that match their actual level of intelligence just because their dyslexia is going untreated or not uh being worked with um so i actually find it kind of interesting that he includes that here before going on to a rant about uh how teachers think of kids and what makes a kid smart or not and being in the slow class it's kind of a nice intro. Yeah. Um, we scream rocks blow weed park, uh, which is a lot of what the kids on the corner will yell to cars passing by uh, as a kind of, this is what's on the table. Yeah. Do you want, do you want rocks blow weed? Like if so, just go ahead and park and we'll conclude a transaction. <laughs> 
simple as that, you know? Fuck the New York Yankees. <laughs> See now, we smart. But there's something about the the kids being able to scream rocks blow weed park. See now, we smart because they understood, they learned the mantra and now that they're doing that, they will sell drugs, get money and have a life hopefully. There's something smart about that, right? Yeah, I there's some it's i mean it's just a play on the idea like okay they're dyslexic and they can't even remember how to properly pronounce like t- 21 questions i say 12 questions but they remember to say rocks below we park they know what's on the menu they know how to sell so that means they're smart right well yeah they are because hold up hold fast we make more cash than the teachers who are telling us the way we're supposed to be smart it's this beautiful roundabout way of him showing that there's no one way to define whether you're not you're smart or show like why you're successful like um sh- just show the world that you're successful by uh being good at what you do and making money that way yeah like anybody you may not succeed in this one area and people may think you're stupid because of it but yeah. you can succeed in this other area and like be considered very smart exactly and if you're making more money than the teachers, who's smarter? Exactly. Hmm. Hmm. There was a kid in my uh, high school who... <laughs> These The stories you tell about kids from your high school is always golden, so I'm ready. Yeah, he. Uh, this is a good one. <laughs> he started developing uh, AIM icons. I don't know how many people listening to this remember AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, yeah, I used it constantly. But... It was amazing. It was the best thing when we were in like sixth grade and middle school. And um, but you had in the bottom corner these little uh, buddy icons that usually just had like a, a yellow person doing something. Like it could be golfing, it could be dancing, um, it could be like a little dog. I don't, there were just a lot of them. But <laughs> the reason why there were so many of them is because of kids like the one in my class. Uh, we'll call him Greg (laughs) that Greg would just find a bunch of buddy icons or make them. And he made a bunch of web pages that you'd go to and it would have buddy icons, but then be full of just fucking ads, pop-up ads, like banner ads, side ads, like ads, 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 ads. But he was getting enough clicks and so many people were looking for buddy icons and there weren't, I guess, as many pages for it because making internet pages still wasn't as common as it was today. That he was actually making like <laughs> hundreds of dollars a day <laughs> from this. Um, so by our senior year of high school, he had a significant amount of money to the point where he bought a Cadillac, Cadillac Escalade with cash. Um <laughs> And he bought the Escalade, and one day in class, he wasn't paying attention, and the teacher, English class, the teacher called him out. Mrs. Stacy was like, uh, Kyle, like, are you paying attention? Like, do you know the answer? And she kind of punked Kyle a little bit, and everybody kind of laughed. I, I messed up his name. It wasn't Greg. It's Kyle. Uh, <laughs> I tried to, I tried to make him anonymous. <laughs> now everyone uh, knows he's awesome. Damn it. 
Yeah, and he looked at her and goes, I make way more money than you. (laughs) (laughs) He must have really connected to the song. And the look on her face was just like, it's one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Oh, gosh. Because she knew it. (laughs) Yeah. And from my small town of Canal Fulton, Ohio, I guarantee this is probably the first time that a student was making more than a teacher. (laughs) Um, So it was just a big moment. She was not happy. The class was kind of like, oh, shit. (laughs) He was very happy. Uh, and now he makes a bunch of apps and I think still makes a lot of money. Yeah. So he must really connect to the song because he did what, you know, he, he went with his calling. He did buddy icon aggregator. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just making more cash than the teachers. Yeah. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Uh, so now tell my mama I belong in that slow class. Like, he can't. He's smart. Um, but it's sad enough we on welfare. They trying to put me on the school bus with the space for the wheelchair. Um, which kind of gets at kind of the depression of the system, right? Like, you're already in a system that has you on welfare because you don't have any money. The opportunities are low. And now you have a school system that's trying to make you feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, man, this... This sucks. I'm not getting the positive reinforcement that I need. Right. He's trying to get the car with the chromey wheels here. I love how infantile that description is. <laughs> like, the car with the chromey wheels here. I love it. Yeah. Uh, they trying to cut her lights out like we don't live here. Which, that line always hits me pretty hard. There's something very... Well, he's talking about, like, the like, internal lights in a way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, we don't have the power to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. Um, so the power company is trying to cut our lights like we don't live here, but we we live here. And it's just like, yeah, that sucks because there's a there's the business element. Like, if you don't pay your bills, of course, they're going to cut your lights. But at the same time, there's a human element of like people live here and they're trying their best to get by and they may not have the money for power and you're just going to cut their lights. Yeah. And I think lights even plays that kind of just, you know, the internal, the the lights, your driving force, this idea that they're just trying to cut that out. Like, no, don't forget like everything you want to strive for. Just live your life this way. No. What is uh, my childlike creativity, purity and honesty? Yeah. Like somebody trying to take that from them. Mm-mm. And so it gets uh, even more sad. <laughs> uh, look what was handed us. Fathers abandoned us. And when we get them hammers, which in this case is a gun, uh, go on, call the ambulance. So it sets up this idea that due to the situation that we're in, um, you know, as soon as we get guns, like people are going to get hurt. And that's just because of this system. And this is the kind of thing that we're trying to escape. This is the kind of thing that we're trying to work hard to get out of. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I feel like no one in this world understands us. It makes the song... That line adds a layer to this song because totally. the song is so illuminating, right? 
with this is the truth of the situation. Like, we don't care what people say, but I care enough to tell you about what is going on and why it's going on and why we're doing what we're doing. And, like, nobody in this world understands us, but here is this attempt to try to help people understand where we're coming from. Yeah, and it becomes even really more uniting than that way because the whole song does have people trying to like tell you to live in your life a certain way and calling you stupid and all these, but this is like all of a sudden no one in this world understands this. It really puts you in this place where you have to hold on to those people who do understand you, who are going through what you're going through or empathetic of what you're going through and will give you kind of that, drive that will fuel you with you know the 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 that belief you need in yourself to carry on with what's going to make you truly happy yeah because if you're just surrounded by people that don't understand you what does that do to your motivation where if you're around people that understand you and they're doing the same thing there's that idea of the support structure yeah which is why this anthem of like asking the kids to sing and like getting people involved and like throw your hands up in the sky and say we don't care the anthem qualities of this make that line uh more powerful than what it would be on its own yeah exactly uh but we don't care what people say which i think there is still like we do kind of care (laughs) like we don't care but we kind of care because Sometimes I feel no one in this world understands us, and I'm trying to take the time to do that. Um, I don't think it quite recontextualizes the song in the way no. that Kanye does on later albums. How he'll have that little like punchline at the end where you're like, "Oh, ooh!" Um, like at the end of Facts, at least- when he think when he's talking about DJ Mustard dying and kind of him thinking about everything he's talked about in the song and everybody's complained about and whether or not all of those like petty feuds really mattered. That's a great example. Yeah, like, Fax is so braggadocio and, like, me, 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 look what I accomplished, look what I did, like, I'm awesome. But then at the very end, he reflects on, like, somebody dying and the fact that life is short. Yeah. And we just need to be, like, happy. Yeah. And you're kind of like, where the fuck did that come from? But it's what Kanye yeah, does this... all the time. We can come up with all kinds of examples of him doing that. I wish I had a list. I'd be <laughs> like, this is my list. Let me read it to you. And then I'd read it. And it would be very entertaining. <laughs> so uh, instead of me doing that, just feel entertained. Yeah. Come on. Are you feeling entertained? Uh, and that concludes the song. <laughs> Yeah, and then we have the John Legend skit, I guess. Yeah, so once the song ends and you're like, well, that was interesting. Okay, on to the next track, just like you would on a normal album where you just go song to the next song and don't think anything between them. (laughs) Instead, Kanye has Graduation Day play next where you get, uh, what's his face coming back in? DeRay. And just being like, what the fuck was that, Kanye? told you to do some shit for the kids. He's so angry at Kanye. <laughs> Fuck with that, Kanye. Huh? 
I told you to do some shit for the kids. You give me a motherfucking graduating tickets right now. You give me this motherfucking rope. What you catching senioritis? You will not walk across that stage. You won't slide across that stage. Motherfucker, I can't pull you across that motherfucking stage. Kanye. Who told you to? I told you to do something uplifting. I'm trying to get you out here with these white people. That's how you going to do me. You know what? Use the nigga. I don't mean that in no nice way. That little kid singing about the shit. No, the joke's on you. You throw your hands in the air and wave goodbye to everybody as you get the off this campus. What the you going to do now? Um, you will not walk across that stage. You won't slide across that stage. What we see then is a severing. Um, where this guy that represents the school system, that wanted Kanye part of the system, now, after hearing what Kanye has to say, um, kicks him out of the system. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get you out here with all these white people, and this is how you're going to do me. Uh, you getting the fuck out of this campus. What the fuck you going to do now? Um, and a lot of people might feel that they are at a loss if they got kicked out of school. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what opportunities will they have now? But not Kanye. At that point, he has John Legend come in. saying i'm no longer confused but don't tell anybody i'm about to break the rules i got something better than school my mama would kill me she wants me to get a good ass job uh she ain't walked in my shoes i'm just not everybody which is really cool because this prophesizes this (laughs) secret that kanye like i'm going to be successful like i'm not confused anymore i'm going to break the rules like i'm gonna do my thing and I'm not like everybody else. You're going to see that. And by the end of the album, we get Last Call, where he succeeds where other people would have failed, that he achieves his dreams. And just getting this little bit of prophecy from the John Legend part that then connects with the achievement that we get by the end of the album is a narrative setup that I like very much and want to do a podcast about. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I think this is such... Why, again, Kanye appealed to so many people uh, so early in his career because, I mean, I totally connect with this. I, I think about my dad who worked in a Mitsubishi factory and, you know, was always hurting his back and, like, just had these manual labor jobs. And all he wanted for me to do was, like, the opposite. He's like, hey, just study, get smart, become a doctor so, like, your life is easy. Like, you, pro- you want to project the way people should act and behave at an early age so they can find, you know, the opposite of what you had. Like his mom wants him to be more than uh, what the system statistically says you'll become. And Bernie Mac is trying to get him out with these white people where he'll be more successful. But Kanye, like you said, like he has this secret. He, ha- he knows deep down inside that that's not him. So really 
both of these skits and all of We Don't Care is just him selling that idea that you don't have to be that way. And how many people resonate with the idea of she wants me to get a good ass job just like everybody? Yeah. But I'm just not everybody. Exactly. Again, ambition, which is the key word of this album. Ambition, ambition, ambition. Yeah. And really this whole the whole Bernie Mac in quotes speech and what his mom wants him to be that they're really selling an identity as opposed to a full fledged like human being, like somebody who discovers who they are. They just want you to be like another uh, cog in the machine, somebody who just keeps uh, keeps everything moving, but not really creating change or introducing something new to everything. I was really hoping you're going to say <laughs> I heard you laughing. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, he's going to say brick in the wall. And you went with cog in the machine, and I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) No, I wasn't. I mean, I like Pink Floyd, and my dad listened to it a lot, but I don't think I've listened to them enough to just drop the reference off the top of my head. Although uh, my dad made me watch The Wall when I was like a kid, and it scarred me. That seems very intense. Well, that made me, but I was in the room and didn't leave. (laughs) I uh, I almost I know my dad loved me, but there was one moment where I felt he didn't love me, and uh, it had to do with Pink Floyd, okay, um, and another brick in the wall. I was driving, I was driving home. I was like sixteen or seventeen. I didn't listen to a lot of music when I was a kid. Um, just music like friends would play. So at that point, I was just like Matchbox Twenty is the greatest band of all time. <laughs> you still feel that uh, way. I still feel that way. And then it was like Matchbox 20, Eminem, and then like a bunch of weird like. <laughs> Puddle of Mud. The, the Titan, like Puddle of Mud, Titanic, Ocean's of Memory okay. remix. No, I loved Puddle of Mud. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not. Uh, so one day I'm listening to the radio on the way home, which is something I never really did. And another brick in the wall was on and I got home and I was so excited because um, I knew my dad loved another brick in the wall. And I was just like, Dad, I get why people think Kiss is such a great band. Another brick in the wall is an amazing song. And he's just looking at me like, this is my child who thinks Kiss wrote and performed another brick in the wall. Mm. He wanted to take away your uh, motherfucking graduate ticket right then and there. Yeah, that he did. <laughs> that he did. Um, he did not think I was very smart in that moment. <laughs> I mean, who can blame him? Yeah. Um, I learned very quickly, though, uh, by the disappointment on his face without him saying a word that I was wrong by <laughs> about who sang the song. <laughs> That's good. And now I uh, have since realized that it was the Beach Boys. Yes, of course. The, the famous Beach Boys uh, did, Diddy. What, what's the... <laughs> is that a word? Yeah, Diddy's the word. All right. Yeah. Also one of the best Kongs. I agree. Uh, so we don't care. Into graduation day. Uh, sets up the overall arc of the album even though a lot of the tracks don't play into that arc 
which is one of the reasons why we say college dropout as a artistic work that's like efficient and doing like the logical things you would expect from like a I guess efficient is a weird word but like it doesn't have the same missteps or like disconnects or maybe lack of continuity between moments Um, we see that in the fact that you're kind of like how does Jesus walks play into what was set up on graduation day and what's concluded on last call Um, how how does get him high connect to that Mm. Um, not that those songs are individually bad or not that the album the collection of songs on the album aren't good or worthy of being called the best that Kanye has made but just in the sense of uh, an artistic work that has continuity and efficient continuity um you're missing some pieces but we see kanye tighten that up over time exactly well thanks for listening if you're enjoying the show for whatever reason um thank you (laughs) um and you can rate us on itunes if you want to help us out that'd be really helpful or support us via patreon uh www.kanyepodcast no is that right no no patreon.com slash kanye podcast (laughs) Holy shit. Although, check out KanyePodcast.com. I'm interested to know what that is. What is that? Maybe we should get that. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. Uh, Until next time. Bye. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me. I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol for the. So get your ass up off the wall. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.